This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 19th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders says he would like to take the profit out of credit ratings. His means would be turning the big rating houses into non-profits. Would that help an industry that has performed so poorly over the past decade? Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. What do credit rating agencies, what are they supposed to do? So the credit rating agencies essentially rate the likelihood of default of various types of debt. And of course, we're talking about the corporate. There are, of course, consumer credit rating agencies that do similar things at the consumer level. Um, but it, essentially, what the Standard & Poor's and the Moody's and the Fitch and the many others do is assign a letter grade based on the probability of default of a particular instrument. And of course, the better the letter grade, the top being something generally along the lines of a AAA, means that this is the best credit. Um, and of course, once you get down to sub-investment grade and junk grade, those means that there are very higher levels of default. Now, now, lots of people have been very critical of credit rating agencies, and and rightly so. They performed very badly in the run-up to the uh, housing crisis. They didn't see it coming, uh, just like essentially the rest of the market didn't exactly see it coming. Bernie Sanders is among those people who's very critical of uh, credit rating agencies. What does he propose we do about it? So it's a good question. And before we get into that, let's do remind folks that um, the argument, of course, is that the rating agencies stamp the highest, of course, AAA on these quote unquote, as Bernie, as, as Bernie would say, shoddy mortgages, uh, shoddy mortgage backed securities that they knew were going to default and simply did it because the issuers paid them lots of money to look the other direction. There are certainly more sophisticated versions of that story, but that's essentially what Senator Sanders recently said. Uh, and his solution, of course, is if the problem is of runaway greed, then the solution, of course, is to get rid of profit by turning these entities into nonprofits because, of course, as we know, there is no greed at nonprofits. Okay, so I mean, even if if uh, taking the money out of it, uh, we might laugh at that solution. It's not entirely ridiculous to say that uh, people issuing debt aren't trying to get debt raters sure. to give them higher grades and and wouldn't be willing to pay. It's it's not entirely unfair to say that they'd be willing to pay to get that. Absolutely. And so let's first start out with a, a relatively banal observation that uh, all transactions in all markets are characterized by some degrees of conflict of interest. And so one of the things that's missed with the credit rating agencies, it's often argued uh, that the issuer would be willing to pay for a higher rating. Well, the investor who buys the asset doesn't want it downgraded either. So one of the arguments that's often made is where the investor should pay. And that was actually the case up until the 1970s. And you, and you at least have one Egan Jones is a well-known issuer, I mean, investor pays model. But again, there's a conflict of interest between the investor and the rating, too. Uh, and I think the bigger conflict of interest is often between the government and the rating, uh, because rating agencies rate government debt, too. Uh, and we certainly saw the abuse that S&P and Egan and Jones got when they downgraded U.S. government debt. They got investigated. Crazy. Question the federal government, they take a look at you. So there's all sorts of conflicts of interest. The question is really, what's the best way? Uh, and of course, ultimately, what the rating agencies will be concerned about or should be concerned about is their own reputation. So let's go back to the very simple argument of, well, they're going to sell their reputation by essentially auctioning off AAA ratings. Well, if that happens, then everybody knows their ratings are no good. Their ratings lose any value if you simply think they're for sale. Uh, so in some sense, there's a market solution to, to Senator Sanders' problem, which is everybody would just dismiss them. 
uh, would say, well, these are bought and paid for. Why should I pay attention to them? Uh, of course, you could make the argument that there are relatively unsophisticated investors out there, maybe state pension fund managers who really aren't knowing what they're doing and they're buying because it's a AAA and relying on it. Uh, you could certainly argue that, well, maybe they shouldn't rely on it so much, and I think that's an important argument. But what I think that misses, is missing in the story, first of all, I should say it's one of the things that's missing in the story uh, that many of us have tried to reevaluate is the performance of the rating agencies was surprisingly not as bad as it's been made out to be. Uh, and I certainly was in the camp who was very critical and is still very critical of the rating agencies. But the studies that have looked at it have basically concluded that 90-plus percent of subprime mortgage-backed securities actually performed as rated. Now, the problem, of course, with this uh, and why this is missed is during the crisis, these uh, MBSs were often going for 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. That wasn't reflective of the long-term value. That was reflective of they were being sold at fire sale prices when somebody needed to raise money. And so, all the ratings always say, uh, this is not about liquidity. This is not what we think you could sell it for. This is about, will it pay off or not if you hold it? And there's a lot of confusion about that. There was confusion about it in the crisis. But let's get back to the point of, well, okay, if the ratings are for sale, why would anybody buy them? Well, the argument would have to be because the regulators tell you you have to buy certain things in certain ratings. And again, that's often how most of our financial system works. Um, capital standards are based on ratings. You know, many other things are based on ratings, such as the assets you can hold. If you're a money market mutual fund, for instance, what you can hold is based on the rating. And so, what's essentially going on here is less that there's a corruption for greed, but more that the rating agencies are essentially selling what you would call regulatory licenses. And the fundamental problem, of course, is that if you're the gatekeeper, uh, people are going to herd into these assets. Everybody will hold the same AAA, and of course, when everybody needs to sell, you'll have a fire sale. So, the current structure I certainly should emphasize. In no way is the current structure optimal. The current structure is deeply flawed. Uh, but I think the solution of having a nonprofit or having it government run would actually make the flaws worse. Uh, you wouldn't deal with the regulatory reliance in the ratings. You wouldn't deal with the barriers to entry. Uh, in some sense, what what Senator Sanders proposed is, you know, let's replace this for-profit oligopoly with a nonprofit monopoly, <laughs> and, and, and thinking that we're somehow going to get a much better solution out of that. Of course, one of the problems with the rating agencies was, like any market power, uh, they were less innovative. Uh, you know, prior to the crisis, for instance, they often did ratings on pools of assets with looking at, you know, here's the average FICO without actually looking at the individual loans. So you've seen a lot more due diligence since the crisis. But again, you see this lack of due diligence because there's a lack because there's a market power and there's a lack of competition. Uh, and again, Senator Sanders takes us in the direction of having even less competition. Um, should note, of course, there are many instances. You know, one of the big flaws of um, the crisis was the treatment of certain types of debt, whether it was Fannie Mae debt or whether it was Greek debt, by the regulators, is risk-free. It's certainly worth reminding ourselves that the rating agencies at no point said that Greek debt was risk-free, yet the bank regulators did. Uh, and so, what I think Senator Sanders is missing is a lot of the ratings process is already overly politicized. So, for instance, we've seen repeatedly in Europe where they've suggested having a European rating agency uh, instead of an American rating agency. They don't, Europeans don't want their own rating agency because they want more accurate ratings. They want their own rating agency so that their countries don't get downgraded. So, again, the argument here uh, of, of further politicizing the rating process, in my opinion, would make it less, less accurate um, rather than more accurate. And I think that's fundamentally what we need to be worried about. There is a bit of game playing here, though, among rating agencies, institutional investors, um, governments. 
Oh, yeah. uh, that uh, you know, institutional investors are interested in having something that is rated investment grade by these rating houses, uh, but they also want returns that are above what typical investment grade uh, ratings typically deliver. So they are willing to, in many cases, I suspect, uh, willing to accept something that they know isn't really triple B. Uh, rated debt, but they know they need to get something with a triple B rating. So there's a lot of search for yield within the ratings, and so the argument essentially that you know all these state pension fund managers were tricked. Well, you know, I mean, to me, the essentially the argument is is that okay, you're an investment manager, investment A, both two, you have two options, both are triple A. One is yielding six percent, and one one is yielding twelve percent. They're not the same risk. I mean, there's a risk-return trade-off. In some sense, this is the scapegoating of, well, you know, I listened to these rating agencies and I didn't do my own due diligence. And of course, what we need to do is restore the sort of balance where market participants accept that a rating is one opinion among many. Any investment manager who is basing his decision solely on the rating and buying the highest yield within that rating class should be fired. So, as a, as a policy uh, reform, which is not to say make all these rating agencies nonprofits to quote unquote take the profit out of it. What about simply saying, look, if you put out your shingle, we will make you a nationally uh, recognized statistical rating uh, organization, and you all get to make up your own mind about which of these organizations. Uh, is providing credible rating. Yeah, so it's really important to keep in mind that the reason in the, in the mid 1970s that the Securities and Exchange Commission essentially created this National Statistical Rating Organization standard, this barrier to entry, was because they were worried that when setting the capital standards for broker dealers, that you'd see this race to the bottom, that everybody just Again, the, the issue if they'd buy the highest rating and so they could lower their capital. Uh, and the problem, of course, is that we've spent decades tying capital standards and financial regulation to the ratings. And again, we need to untie that. We need to, again, put this back in the opinion. It's like saying, well, let's just have the bank regulars come to Mark and say, Mark, is this a risky asset? Is this a risky asset? Well, I've got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. Basing your regulatory structure on that uh, is a recipe for disaster. So instead of having this approach that we've had in the past where we're limiting competition uh, and we're having the regulators in there trying to make sure everybody's crossing their T's and dotting their I's, um, I think it's the wrong way to go. And just as importantly, it's the wrong way to go because it will reduce the willingness of rating agencies and others to be contrarians. The problem with the rating agencies was they got it wrong like everybody else. Uh, if you look at them, and I remember, for instance, and they before, got it wrong with each other. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I remember, and what they fundamentally got wrong was house price appreciation. I remember before the crisis, visiting with some rating agency folks, and they told me, you know, their expectation was a five percent chance of a five percent price decline. I very much remember that. And of course, that that meant the other ninety five percent was no price decline. Uh, at least they were incorporating price declines because if you went over to CBO or OMB, they were telling you prices, home prices were going to go up forever. So, you know, how do you encourage rating agencies to be contrarian? How do you encourage them to question the status quo uh, and essentially turning them either into an arm of the government or turning into a nonprofit, or, or certainly worst of all worlds, is the subject in the litigation? Uh, because what they're going to do is take this reasonable man approach where they just mimic the status quo. 
And we don't need that. that there's, there's already too much hurting in, in financial markets as it is. Uh, and I fear that many of these proposals out there, Senator Sanders included, would actually make a bad situation multiples worse. So again, the solution here is how do we bring more competition to the marketplace, which again is to try to reduce barriers to entry that are created largely by the Securities Exchange Commission, uh, and that's accepting that there are probably going to be some returns to scale in ratings anyhow. Uh, and how do we reduce the reliance of the regulatory structure so that so much of the structure is not contingent? There's not we've got hurting within regulation, which is part of the problem too. Uh, and so what we ultimately want is more diversity and a more robust financial system. Uh, and this takes it in the wrong direction. Simply thinking that you're going to take away bonuses, you're not going to allow the issuer pay, um, those aren't workable solutions that will end up in a worse world than what we've got today. Mark Calabria is director of the Cato Institute's Financial Regulation Studies. Read more of his work at Cato.org.